But the biggest thing for me was they all wanted to win. Money wasn't their driver. It wasn't their driver. But that wasn't my driver. It wasn't Jim's driver. In football, you can have all the money in the world, but at the end of it, end of your career, if you've got nothing that you've won, no achievement, the money's great. But, you know, I, I look at whatever, how many years I played, you know, the Wickham, what we won at Wickham, people can't take that away from you. You know, those players at Windsor and Eton who won the title, won the Barks and Bucks Cup, they can't take that away from you. Welcome to the latest episode of Wearing the Red and Green. In this week's podcast, I speak to our former striker and manager, Keith Scott. Chris and the Colonel, by supporters, Keith guided the club to its last ever Barks and Bucks Senior Cup and league title winning season. We discuss his professional career, including that goal at Anfield, his time at Stag Meadow, where we reminisce on those successes, but also discuss the off-field challenges he had to incur, and we lay to rest some of the unsubstantiated myths that have wrongly been thrown in his direction over the years. I also give Keith his right of reply on the pinstripe suit debate and, of course, drainpipe gate in Truro. I hope you enjoy the episode. Keith, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's great to have you on. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are things? It's been a long time. But yeah, it has been a long time, a lot of water under the bridge. Um, but listen, things are good. Um, busy with work and what have you. So my two boys are getting older, which is, I think that's a sign of you getting old when your two boys are getting older. You know, <laughs> instead of being boys, they're sort of men now. So yeah, but no, listen, mate, everything's fine. Thank you very much. Great. Well, listen, got a lot to cover. Um, <laughs> I want us to get rid of some myths. Okay. I want to give you the right of reply about your pinstripe suit. Oh yeah, um, and and for anyone who's in the dark about the pinstripe suit, just li- listen back to the podcast with Andrew Fagan yeah. and uh, and Jake Parsons. Yeah, um, and I also want to get your take on Drainpipe Gate away at away at Truro. Okay, um, but 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 we'll get into all of that. But I want to start by looking back at some of your career highlights pre Windsor. You obviously had a long professional career, and two spells I want to touch on is your time at Wickham Wanderers and also mm-hmm. Swindon Town. So starting at Wickham, talk mm-hmm. us through that period. What was it like playing under Martin O'Neill? And did you what did you learn from playing under Martin that you mm-hmm. took into your management career? Um, okay, well, look, we, 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 it was a highly successful time for the club. Um, I was, to be honest, you, I, I obviously started at Lincoln City and um, in the old fourth division and Colin Murphy signed me and uh, he disappeared and Alan Clark came in, the great Alan Clark. He oh, never, yeah. yeah, he he didn't really, he was an idol of mine because I'm a Leeds fan and uh, he never really, it's, sometimes it's strange, that, you know, you shouldn't, they say you should, sometimes you should never meet your idols, should you? Because yeah, yeah, was, yeah. And as a manager, it was disappointing from a point of view. He never really, I was expecting him to, to take the strikers and do X, Y, and Z, he never did. He then left and a guy called Steve Thompson took over. He then signed Jason Lee and sold me to Wickham. But um so I went to Wickham and look, Martin, all as he said to me was, look, we, I think, I think we can win the FA trophy this year. That was in 1991. Um, but ultimately the club wants the club. It's gone to a new ground. They, they've got aspirations of getting into the football league. 
Um, he said, I want you to be, you know, to be part of that. But what was interesting, he said, come on loan first. Let's see if you enjoy it. Let's see if you get on with the players and then we'll go from there. And, th and then that's what I did. And, and obviously, you know, I sort of, I think I only had probably a month down there and he agreed a deal with um, Lincoln for 30,000. And I went there and obviously the rest is history. But, you know, what did I learn from him? Um, what did I learn? Well, look, he was he was quite simplistic, really, in sort of getting messages across. And um, when he signed me, I said, look, what do you want me to do? And he said, simply get the ball down and give it to them who can play and get in the box and score goals. He said, because as a striker, if you don't get in the box and you don't score goals, there's no point being on the pitch. So he was very much like that. Wasn't a coach, um, wasn't yeah. a one-to-one -one coach, but very much would look at your game and maybe talk to you on a one-to-one -one about how he thinks you could do X, Y, and Z better. So he, he sort of gave me a different insight into, into how the game should be played but not necessarily from a from a coaching perspective, you know, looking at things, analysing, analysing individuals, analysing how teams play. And that's how he was. Now, on the last podcast, I spoke to Dennis Green. Yes. Um, and I asked him who who was the best striker that he played alongside in his career. Mm -hmm. um, and he said yourself during that oh, during that period at Wickham. Yeah. Um, when he saw when he signed, I think it was from Dagenham. Um, yes. What, what did you enjoy playing alongside Dennis? Look, Greenie, look, everybody knows Greenie. Greenie's a great lad, um, but he wanted to live life in the fast lane. <laughs> um, but listen, he was a great goal scorer. He was. He was a, yeah, yeah. He was a tremendous finisher. And um, he, um, I remember we played Altrincham away and we beat them four and he got them all. Um, look, he, 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 was okay. he was good for me because um, from my point of view, obviously I was the big target man. So I would fight everybody so to speak that's what i was and thinking what, like you two would have been for me the perfect combination yeah we were because it, it sort of when i went there it was um it was me and and uh, mark west and yeah and partnerships you can't make they are they either happen or they don't mm. and with westy he just had a knack of knowing where the ball would land yeah um and greeny had that same knack um you know so we actually complemented each other very well and, and look I don't know whether Greeny would have admitted it in his podcast, but I think if he would have um, lived, his life, lived his life a little bit better off the field, <laughs> he would have probably had a better career and a longer career at Wickham. But, you know, as much as he was a great lad and he was, you know, he was a great laugh, Martin O'Neill recognised very quickly that it, he wasn't going to be able to take the club where he wanted it to go, which was a shame really because he was a, he was a fantastic goal scorer. He knew where the net was. Um, but unfortunately, he um, he just wanted to live, I suppose, the George Best lifestyle, I think. <laughs> now, listen, you moved from Wickham to Swindon, um, yeah. for whom you embarked on their, their first season in the Premier League. Talk yes. us through that season and how you found the step up and who were some of the tough defenders that, that you played against. Well, obviously, my first game... Zips switch, um, which was John Walk. Um, John oh, yeah. Walk at the back, and um, and I remember the immediate thing I remember was um, he scored the first goal, and I was marking him. And what I found stepping up to that level, um, 
yeah, speak. And, and it's, it's actually more often, you know, with some like John Walk, to be fair, he was probably, I would think, 37, 38. Mm. Um, it was, it was in, you know, in his mind, you know, speed of thought in his yeah. mind. Yeah. And, and he lost me at a corner and he scored. So I found that that in the Premier League was something that you had to tune in for 90 minutes. You couldn't switch off. Uh, the fitness levels were higher because the game was quicker. You know, players move the ball a lot quicker. You know, they play two and three touch. And what you did find as well is you didn't, in the final third, you, you didn't get a lot, a lot of time on the ball. You didn't, you know, if you had opportunities, you had to try and hit the back of the net because the better teams didn't give you many opportunities. You know, we played Arsenal at the time when it was George Graham and it was the defence that was very tight. You know, mm-hmm. you had, I think, it, Winterburn, obviously, Bold, Adams, <clears throat> so, um, Seaman in goal. And that, yeah, it would have been Lee Dixon, I would have thought, probably would, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, every, every time the ball went forward, they squeezed. And every time they squeeze, when you got the ball as a striker, you get midfielders who would be having a, a little bite at that. So yeah. I, I found, I certainly found the pace of the game a lot quicker, but also um, you, you didn't get, you didn't get huge amounts of chances. You didn't get a lot of time in the final third, but they'd give you time outside the final third. And obviously, um, you know, the better teams, they punished you. Um, and when you got opportunities, you had to stick them in the back of the net because um, you didn't normally get more than one or two in a game. But you obviously got one at Anfield. Yes, I did. Uh, which was yeah, which was nice. Um, to be honest with you, we we you know we we played some. You know, we went to Highbury and got one a one all draw at Highbury. Um, we went to Sheffield Wednesday. who we were then a good side. We drew three all at Sheffield Wednesday. We drew two all at Anfield. Um, QPR at the time with a top non top London club in the country. We beat them home and away. You know, but then you couple that is we went to. You know, I remember we went. We played Everton away and Gabriel Clark was there and um, he had a chat before the game and he was covering it for whatever BBC or ITV or what have you. And they beat us. I think they, I think, I think they beat us. Um, no, it was Aston Villa. Aston, was there Aston Villa. Aston Villa beat us 5-1. The next away game we went to was Everton. He was there and they beat us 6-2. And then the third time I saw him was an away game at Newcastle, and they beat us 7-1. <laughs> you know, so we you had those good performances where you got great results. You know, we drew two all with Man United at home. Um, you know, we drew three all with Norwich at home, who we were flying at the time. But then you couple that with the results against, you know, your Everton's and, and, and your, your Villas and, and your, your Newcastle's. And at the time, obviously, Everton... Cotty was there. You had Daly and Atkinson. God bless him. Um, you know, and you had, you had Andy Cole. So, and then you go to Blackburn, you get beat 3-1. You've got Alan Shearer and, and what have you. Norwich, Chris Sutton. And what you found with the better teams, or, you know, although we got some great results, yeah, yeah. if you don't play well, the better teams, they, they punish you. And uh, we played great football. Um, we always got applauded off the pitch. But, you know, we, we just... More often than not, we just conceded too many goals, basically. What a period to play, though. Like the names you yeah. rattled off there, right? When you can look back on your career and just be able to get a season to, to be able to go through a season like that must be something else. Yeah, it was it was good, you know, and, and it's one of those though, you sort of look back in it and and I suppose you, you take it for granted, you know, you don't we never swap shirts. You know, and if you think about it, you know, Matt Letizier was playing, you had John Barnes. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
Tony Adams bowled. You had, if you look at Man U, you had Cantona, you know, yeah. Hughes, McClare, you know. So, so you had some, you know, Alan Shearer, obviously. Big players. You had some big players, yeah. So it, it was one of those where you think it would have been great to, to have got their shirts. But I suppose it, when you're in that environment, you, to, to a certain extent, you take it for granted. And uh, not, not in a bad way. You, you just you just don't, you know, you think, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's Alan Shearer, it's Matt Letizia. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then before you know it, it's all over and you're back in the championship and reality hits. Okay, now fast forward to Windsor yes. and Eton. Yes. How did the move to Stag Meadow come about and what was the sell that Dennis gave to you? Um, look, the, the honest answer is I, I, I'd obviously come out of the pro game and I'd gone to, I'd played at Dover um, for a season. I left there. Um, I'd, I'd done a bit of Scarborough. And then I was playing at Tamworth on loan. Yeah. And, I, and I'd, if I'm being honest with you, look, I'd got, I think I was probably 37, I think, 38. I'd had, and I'd had a bad knee injury. Um, my strengths as what they were, 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 if I'm being honest with you, waning, they were going. Yeah. And, and I was at home one day and Greeny rang me and he said, Scotty, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? And he went, why don't you come and play for Windsor? And I said, why? <laughs> He said, because Cuzzo's there and Wavy's there and I'm there and Chuck's there. And it's a great laugh. I said, I'm, I'm at Tamworth. Why would I want to come there? Anyway, so we had a conversation. I said, look, I'm not against it, mate. But, you know, we, we had a conversation. And um, and he, he said, look, what are you earning? I told him what I was earning. He went, OK. And then a week later, he ran back. He said, Scotty, we can do it. We can do it. So I said, look, yeah, I said OK. Because, look, I, I, I knew at that level, I was probably, I just probably wasn't wasn't effective, yeah. um, and 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 what have you. Um, so I thought, I, you know, I said, okay, look, let's give it a go for a couple of years, and then that's what I did. And and to be fair, look, I enjoyed it. It was good, you know. It was it was it was it was it was good. You know, we 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 did well. Um, we, was we it good that- to be back playing with Jason and? Dave again, yeah, like kind you of, know, you know, like turning yeah. the clock back in a way. Yeah, you know, because we, you know, that Wickham squad was, you know, we we still get together now and you're talking, well, in actual fact, it's 30 years this year, this season from when we got promoted. It's oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, of course. Again. Yeah. Um, so we, we still, we still meet from time to time. Um, we're still all good friends. So yeah, yeah, it was good because uh, we, look, we had a good side. You know, if you, if you look at the players we had, we had a good side for the for the era we was in. Um, and so, yeah, so it was nice. And also as well, look, in the, con- you know, well, I, don't, I think it might have been the conference then as well. You do a lot of travelling and, and you're 37. I've done, I've done that for near enough 17, 18 years. And there comes a point, Geggy, where you've got to, you know, it's all right playing at that level, but I'm not going to progress any further. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I always believe football is about progressing. You know, you're always looking to go from one club because you want to go to another club. Da, 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 da. So it, there came a time where, and also I was coaching. I was doing some coaching at QPR's academy. So I, you know, my mind was always veering off towards management anyway. So I thought, well, look, I can probably play a couple of years at non-league football, get a, get a gist of of how it operates. You know, probably get the opportunity to play against players, see players. 
Yeah. And then obviously sort of going to management. So there was a structure behind it all, behind it all. And 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 like I say, Jason being there, you know, Wavy being there, obviously Greeny we know and uh, Chuck as well. It was always nice to catch up with them as well. And that first season, we were obviously locked in a title battle with Lewis. So it must have been good yeah. as well going to a club which actually you're, you're competing for something and there's that competitive... Yeah. Yeah, and we, yeah, we, yeah, and we had a good, you know, we had a decent side. It's just, it's just obviously Lewis. Look, with the greatest respect, they they mm. had a greater resource, you know, and and what have you, and uh, and it was just unfortunate that we we, you know, it's, to be fair, it seems to be a thing for a theme for Windsor. They always used, you know, find one team that's got a greater resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look, it was it was disappointing from that point of view, but. But we, you know, we had a good season, and 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 obviously, you know, we, we sort of hit the post, but we never hit the post and went in, did it? No. And talking to Lewis, I mean, that was a great win when we went down there, about ten games or so before the end of the season, needing to win. We got the win, and then injuries. Yeah, and that's the thing you see, and you know, you look at it. So I was thirty-seven. Jason must have been thirty-four, thirty-five. Yeah. Dave would have been the same. And the problem is as well, it, you know, as you get older, it, it's it's it takes you longer to get over games, and um, you know, whatever level you play at, you you've got to be an athlete, and you 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 know, it's, it's it's a young man's sport, and and I think we probably we had a good side, but we probably had too many old legs. I think. Um, yeah, I I thought we had when I look back at that period, I thought we had a we had an unbelievable start on eleven, but didn't have the squad. No. No, we then didn't. Then you hit the injuries to those any of those players, and it just wasn't the same quality to come back in. No, it wasn't. And, you know, Greeny, in fairness to him, you know, I wouldn't say put all his, all his eggs in one basket. He, he, put his, he put his eggs in people he could trust. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it's like anything, isn't it, in football? You know, it, you look at Liverpool now, um, you're in the lap of the gods in terms of their squad's good enough to be challenging, but they've got horrendous injuries. Yeah. Um, and you can't, unfortunately, you can't legislate for that. And he was unlucky, Greeny, the fact that, you know, he got key injuries at the wrong time. And like you say, the players coming in, with the greatest respect, they just weren't good enough, were they? Yeah, no, totally. And the issue that season as well, of course, was I think if we won the league, we would have actually got two promotions because of the, the restructuring right. of the league would have actually gone yeah. in the conference south. You yeah, know, I know it's, it's a weird thing, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. And in fairness to Green, look, in fairness to him, he knew that and he wanted to build a team to do that. Yeah. Um, and and you know, we were just unfortunate that we 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 just got injuries at the wrong time and it, it you know, and there were key injuries and it killed us really. Now, one of the games that season that I think endeared you to the Windsor fans was was your uh, was your boxing day goal against Slough Town at Windsor. Yeah, well, the weird thing is, you know, if you, you get it goes back to the conference days when, in fact, the year we won the league, um, they were. Um, it's amazing. Did you see me do that? I was like brushing all my hair out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the year. Obviously, we we was vying for them for the championship, weren't we? And um, we beat them at home one nil, which which I scored, and then we drew away one all, which is really weird because. We had a game called off a boxing day against. Them. We played them twice in about three or four weeks, yeah. and we beat them at home, drew away, and that effectively killed their chances of 
winning the league and we obviously weren't on one. So from then on, sort of anything related to Slough, any Wickham players, they 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 do get a tough time. And I do remember because it was a big crowd as well in the yeah, Slough fans wall down one end of the stand, uh, you know, opposite the dugouts. And every time I got the ball, it was grief and grief and grief. We, listen, I don't mind, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you, you, then you then you you know you got to choose your moments. And fortunately enough, I I could score. I scored, and uh, I think I, I think I, I think I actually just ran the whole length of that. You did, <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, with my ear like that, sort of, um, you know, which was quite pleasing. But look, it was always nice to. I think I think in any in any sport, if you're playing against your, your local rivals. And obviously, Windsor and Slough was local rivals. But if you take the Wickham boys, there was that that there as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to score against them. And obviously, we won the game as well. I think, was it 2 or 3-1, I think, did it? 3-1. 3-1. Yeah. yeah, so it was good. It was nice. It's always nice to score, but it's always nice to score against teams like that as well. After your playing days at Windsor, you took your first management job at Leighton Town. Yes, was that a good gra- was that a good grounding? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I was trying to think of the guy's name. Um, Brian McCarthy. It was. Um, Brian McCarthy was on the board there, and and about three or four years earlier, um, I tell you what, it was he's probably before I went to Windsor. Actually, um, Brian McCarthy was at Aylesbury United, and he. Yeah. Um, he actually wanted me to go there as player manager. In fact, I just come out of the league. I just come out of um, the football league. It's about right. thirty-five. I was. And he, anyway, so I went to meet him, and uh, the, the the guy who owned the club because I wanted a, a bigger wage because I to act because I was going to play and and manage. He wouldn't do it. So sort of obviously I didn't go there. And then if you fast forward to when the Leighton job was available, Brian McCarthy rang me and said, look, do you, do, you, do, you, do you want to manage? I went, yeah. And he said, do you want to come to Leighton Town? I said, yeah, I'll come and talk. So I had to go and meet him um, and the chairman and the secretary. And I had an interview and uh, I got the job. So it was it, it was a good grounding because my budget was <laughs> £750 a week. Oh. And when I was in, I know, now bear in mind, that included, out of that budget came... Because when I had the interview, the, 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 I can't think of the chairman's name at the time, but he was he's a Scottish guy. He was a Hearts fan. And right. uh, listen, he was a great guy. He was a great chairman. He told me what the budget was. And he said to me, you'll get paid every week, but you won't get any more money. And he said, at the minute, how it works is the manager, I think the manager got something like £75. Yeah, yeah. The assistant may have got 50 The coach got something. And, and So I think it ended up where... When you divvied that out, I think it was £600 on players. Um, but if the players were on the bench, then he got half their money. So effectively, I had £600 to play with. And I took the job on that basis, which I didn't mind, um, because I wanted to manage. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was an opportunity for, to, for me to get on the ladder, and, uh, and which I did. And uh, it was a good time. It was, it was a good, he was a good chairman, ran a tight ship. But he was never late with never late with 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 money, and he never deducted the money. Yeah, um, but equally, he never increased it. And fair know, so well, it's black and white, though, right? It's black and white, yeah. and you know, honourable. Yeah. yeah, it was. So it so yeah, so it was good. So I took them over. They were bottom of the league, eleven points from safety, and uh, but they had a good team. It was really weird because it, it's see my philosophy on management is if you take a job 
unless you're very lucky to take a top job, more often than not, you're taking a job of a club that's in trouble one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. And it and it's very easy as a manager to go in and think, well, the players are not good enough. But my my belief is they might not be good enough. They could have had bad coaching, they could mm. have bad direction, or it could be a combination of the all three. So my first, when I got the job, my first game that they played Dunstable, but I, I was watching it. I wasn't, I was in the crowd watching it. They got beat one nil, but they were actually a good side. You know, they had some good players. You know, Scotty Thomas was there, young lad at 17, obviously yeah. Andrew Bacon, um, Bruce was there. So they had some, some decent players and, uh, and, you know, a mixture of old heads. They had a lad up front. I can't even know. You just scored goals for fun. Lazy as they come, but scored goals <laughs> for fun. You know, so it, for me, I, I saw a moment going on the pitch at the end of the game. And I said, listen, guys, I said, look, from what I've seen, I cannot believe you're bottom of the league. So we will stay up because you are good players. But we'll, and we'll see how it goes. And that was it. And to be fair, you know, we survived. And, and I think we I think we won the, I think it was, it wasn't the Beds Senior Cup. It might have been the Beds Charity Cup or something like that. Um, and we stayed up. And obviously the following season, we, we got to the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup got yeah. beat by Haven and Waterlooville who then went on to play Liverpool and you know it was then really after that about you're talking about if you'd go on to have me getting the Windsor job but I actually it was Michael Chennels I wanted to bring back to Leighton I was going to ask you that because Chen's told me you tried to tempt him over yeah I did I did well what it was like I said we got to the Fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup was about fifth or sixth in the league, still on £750 a week. <laughs> um, but we doing, I think, through um, getting that far, if you, just prize money alone, about 16000 Yeah. So in my head, I'd worked out Michael Channels might cost me £2,000 if he's because he's on a contract. I might have to give him 100 quid a week. That's another maybe two, two and a half thousand pounds for the rest of the season. But he'll get he'll he'll win he'll win me the league. So I went to the chairman with that, and I told him, and he went, "Can't do it." And I said, "Why not?" He said, "Because that money's earmarked for somewhere else." And I I sort of said, "Where?" He said, "Things to do around the ground." And obviously, I wasn't happy about it. And I tried to argue my case, but he wouldn't have it. He stuck to his guns. And it's from that point on, I realised that I couldn't take the club any further because, yeah, yeah. you know, and and nothing against the chairman. You know, he was looking after the club, which I fully understand. But from my point of view, I saw an opportunity that we, the missing link was somebody like Michael Chenels who could score the goals. And Whose hometown was Leighton? Whose hometown was Leighton. He knew Bruce, he knew Scotty, he knew, he knew obviously he knew, he knew Fags, he knew, and he knew a lot of the other lads as well. So if I'm being honest with you, if the chairman would have pressed the green lights and said, go ahead and get him, I think he might have wanted to come but I'm not sure Kevin would have let him go. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, so it was, it was that point on when I couldn't get the Michael channels that I suddenly realised that, you know, there was no future for me at that football club. And it was just a question of doing the best I can. And if anything better came up, you know, providing I thought it was a better opportunity, yeah. then obviously you've got to go. So, so talk about the wins and move. How did that, how did that come about to, to come back as manager? Well, weirdly enough, I was at, I watched a game. I went to watch a game. I went to watch Michael Channels because obviously going back a little bit, people had told me, you know, the local boys had told me what he was like. Yeah. My number two 
knew him as well and he said what he was like so I thought well look I'll go and, I'll go and see what the hype's all about as they say um, so I went to watch him and they were playing uh, Bookhouse was it Bookhouse down in um, that's right I remember yeah. it I remember yeah. it we, and, I remember and I, it. I, yes I turned up and just out of out of the blue Jim Melvin was there as well and he was at Marlow at the time right so I was in there and Jim was there and we were chatting and behind us was Kevin and Kevin was we talked to Kevin. Kevin said, Why here? I said, I've come to prize Michael Channels away. And he said he's not for sale. I went, okay, fair enough. And so I watched him. And then of course, obviously, uh, I think I think he may have won that game as well. And he may have scored, which I which I was a bit of a down. I was hoping he was gonna have a nightmare and you'd lose, but I think you won and he scored. <laughs> um and I sort of made my decision that I yes, I did want him. Um, but obviously he didn't come. And then I I just got a phone call from Kevin um, out of the blue. And he said, look, we've made a change as ma of manager. Um, do, do you, do you want to come in as manager? And I said, yeah. Um, and I think that night, I seem to think I went to watch you in a night. You, you might've had a night game on right. the tube and I went to watch it. Um, and then obviously I said, yeah, I want, I want to, I'll, I'll take the job. And then the first game that I watched was, um, was did cut away yeah. Um, I rang Jim and said, look, they've offered me the job. Do you want to come in? Um, and he said, yes. Um, and then I, I, yeah. So before accepting the job, my first, I went to meet Peter and Kevin at Peter's firm of solicitors. Yeah. And obviously, look, the first thing they said to me was you need to reduce the wage bill. Um, I said, okay. Um, but I need to look at the structure of the wage bill first. I said, because, because you can't just reduce it. You can't just say to players, right, you're not getting X, Y, and Z. You know, you've got to try and do it, um, I suppose, organically if you can. Yeah. Um, so that was that was the first conversation we had. And, and then I, and they said, do you want to take the job? I said, yes, I do. I, and, I, and they said, have you got anything to add? I said, no. I said, look, I'll take it on the basis you've given me. I've got no problems. That. I said, but um, just make me one promise. And they said, what's that? I said, don't cut the wage bill. We, you know, for the rest of the season, I'll try and save you money. And then at the end of the season, we can discuss a new wage bill. I said, and make sure you pay the wages on time. I said, because I'm telling you now, I'm coming in to drive these players to the limit. I'll either make them or break them. But if I, I can't do that if you don't pay the wages on time. Yeah. Because that will just use it as an excuse. And they said, no, not a problem. And then my first game was Didcot. I went to watch Didcot away. Jim couldn't do it because he had to obviously tell Marlow he, he was joining me and he he did the game and and I think he got beat five one and Joe Chandran got injured <laughs> and that was it and that was my first game that I saw. Now Simon had Simon had built up a good, it was a good squad that yeah. you'd inherited but yeah. for some reason it just didn't click. What did no. what did you and Jim kind of introduce at the start to try and bring that consistency? Well, the first thing we did, um, if you, when you go in as manager, and 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 obviously I include Jim in this conversation as well, although he's not here, is you, you you've got to. In my head, when I took over at Windsor, I always believed they were they had the they had the the resource and the ability to get to Conference South. Yeah. And then once you get there, you've got to sort of stabilise and reevaluate, etc. So when I went into the squad and I watched them against Didcot. I looked at the, the team, I looked at the squad and thought, right, the nucleus of a good squad is there, but there were players there that I, I didn't believe could take the club to the next level. 
So it's a matter now whether whether it's a fitness issue, um, a commitment issue, um, whether I just didn't personally didn't think they were my type of player, that how mm. I wanted them to play. So then it's a matter of, of of trying to not get them out, but try and move them on. But you can't move them on until you get somebody better, and they've always yeah. got to be better. Um, so that was a first, and then and then it's interesting listening listening to to some of the the podcasts that the ex players are saying and they're saying that I was a disciplinarian, um, <laughs> but it, it, I suppose you it's how you you well well okay um, I believe players should turn up on time, I believe they should train, yeah I believe they should conduct themselves in a professional manner on and off the pitch, yeah so it, look. If that's discipline, it's discipline. But to me, I'd come from a professional environment, so that's what you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. It wasn't yeah. even questionable. That's what you did. Yeah. And you know, with the greatest respect, when I took that squad over, there were certain players who who didn't do that. Now, that's not a bad thing, but that's not what I wanted. So Jim and I recognised if we were going to go to the next level and we were going to challenge for titles. We, we had to get certain players moved on and we had to bring in replacements. Um, so the initial thing that that we, 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 we thought that Jim and I went to is, right, we need to... And Jim was the same. That's what time we train. That's what time we... we, we, we if we say half one on a Saturday, it's not 25 to two or 31 yeah. minutes past one. It's half one. Quarter to two, everybody's in the changing room phones off now we'll we're, we're, we're do you know we're going to prepare for the game that's how it that's how it has to be you know training we don't start a quarter to eight we start at half seven you can't get there at half seven give us a call let us know tell us why don't just turn up a quarter to eight and go oh, i was working yeah you know so so what we did was we we we, we honed in on that and, and we we actually got that sorted straight away um and then the other thing as well was I'd come from a professional environment, so you've got to be fit, Gage, to play the game. You know, you've got to be able to run for ninety minutes. So, you know, you've got to you've got to have athletes in your team. And and the squad that I took over, it it, it had a lot of good athletes, but it didn't have all athletes. Mm. So, you know, they were the things that we highlighted, but we knew it wasn't going to be a quick fix. So, it it was a question of, you know, doing it organically and um, doing it the right way as well. Because, you, you know, in fairness, you've got to be fair to the players that you don't want as well. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to treat them with respect um, and you've got to be honest with them. And, that, and that's what I did. Now you mentioned earlier one of your challenges that was set to you by Peter and Kevin was you had to reduce the budget yes how easy challenging was that given you know you're obviously trying you, you, you've taken over you're trying to yep. push the club forward pro really progress it but yep. obviously you're, you're needing to reduce that budget at the same time but what's the key to achieving that is it trying to get the squad to build into your your vision well um am i allowed to do you want me to name do you want me to give you figures of what it was? Would it matter? Does it matter? No, is it? Up to you. Okay. Up to you. Right. Okay. When I took over, the wage bill was three and a half thousand pounds a week. They wanted to reduce it to two and a half thousand. Yeah. So I said, look, show me the spreadsheet. So I, so in fairness to Kevin, he sent me the spreadsheet of what um, 
um, Simon had done. And the actual wages wasn't a problem because, you know, if you've got wages, you know, for 40 weeks of the year, that's what you're going to pay out. Yeah. What the problem was, you had players on appearance money, win bonus, goal bonus, clean sheet bonus. Well, you can't factor in. If you're going to factor it in, you've got to factor in the worst case scenario that everybody gets this, the fullest amount on every single game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just sends your budget through the roof. So that was the problem. Um, and also, there was it wasn't weighted correctly. So, as an example, Michael Channels. I remember my first month there. Michael Channels played every game. I had one player on the bench, and if you take into his appearance money his bonuses and all that he earned more than michael channels <laughs> so which, which is lunacy so what i had to do is i i, I had to look at it and go right i'm not going to take their wage off of them because you can't do that but I, i've got to go to coops and butts and say listen that there was probably if 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 they won a game it probably transpired that you was paying out an extra thousand pounds a week on everybody's bits and pieces. Yeah, I went yeah. to the two and I said, look, we can't do that. The club's hemorrhaging money. We're going to have to reduce that by half. And I'd put together, so I'd looked at every player, what they were earning, and I'd split it in. I said, right, 50%, 50%. And I said, look, and they said, well, look, I don't know if the players will accept it. I said, well, look, if they don't accept it, that's their prerogative, but the club's hemorrhaging money. So, you know, it might it's probably beneficial that they do. And in fairness to the two of them, they were very good. They went to the players and they accepted it. So that shaved off 500 pounds straight away. And I went to Kevin and Peter. I said, look, we've got 500 quid. Can't do any more. We're going to have to, you're going to have to accept this till the end of the season. And then at the end of the season, we'll get rid of all of that. And we'll just have a wage bill. Yeah. And, and if you want to put a bonus, if you want to put a bonus structure in place, that's your prerogative, but let me decide how that's done. Um, Cause you can, you know, because to me, if you look at it, when I took over, Windsor were, what, probably halfway? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and you've got players earning bonuses for being halfway. You know, you should be getting bonuses for being top five. For winning the league. Absolutely. You know, either top and the next four, because that's your opportunity to get, you know. So so that was what I what I did initially. I, I, I those Those extras, as I call them. That got shaved by 50%. Their wages were fine. They protected their wages. I wouldn't touch that. And then, of course, at the end of the season, um, the budget was £2,500 a week. Um, but then what they'd said they would do, they'd put in a, they said, look, we'll do a, we'll do a bonus structure. I said, well, if you're going to do it, because we played then, we played 42 games, I think it was. Mm. I said, what we'll do is pay X for the first six games. And then dependent on where we are, we've got to be in the top five. If we're in the top five, you continue to pay it. If we drop out, you stop until we get back in again. Yeah. And then that, that's how I sold it to the players. And to be fair, they bought into that because ultimately, if they want to earn the money, they've got to be in the top five. Well, if you're in the top five, as any football club, that's where you want to be. You see so that five, isn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Absolutely. And I said to the players, if you drop out, you know, if you finish, if you're six and you win that game and it takes you back into fifth, you don't get the bonus for that game, but when you're fifth and you stay there for every game you stay there, you, you, you can you can accrue bonus, and and that's how we did it. So it was two and a half thousand. Then they put in a bonus structure, and for the first season that worked very well. It's interesting, right? Because this is the stuff as you know, supporters. You don't you don't know this stuff, right? No, you no, know, you don't. 
the uh, the ups, the trials and tribulations of uh, of management. Well, yeah, it is. And, and look, look, I, I I was always I'm always a manager. I, I'm not a manager who, you know, I had a two and a half thousand pounds a week budget. I'm not going to spend it. Mm. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not that. You know, it's very easy to spend other people's money. Very easy. And I and I used to look after the money as if it was my money. You know, and I wouldn't, you know, it, it, look, I had players who I wanted to sign and, you know, they knew, look, it was well known that Windsor had a budget, a good budget for that level of football. Yeah. And it was a budget, you know, and I, and I talked to players and I had this thing in my head and Jim was the same. If I'm talking to you as a player, if you, if the first thing you say to me is, what are you going to offer me? You're not coming. Red flag. Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear, well, what's your plans for the club? You know, what do you want to achieve? I want to get promotion. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do the other. Because in actual fact, if you're that type of player and you you come into a good environment and you're winning, then listen, you might go into bigger and better things. You'll earn money anyway. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Money then takes care of itself. Absolutely. 100%. So I'd, I I used to switch off if a player talked about money straight away. I'd, I'd listen. I'd listen to what he'd got to say. I'd have a chat with him. I'd say, look, I'll get back to you. And then I'd ring up and say, look, um, you know, I'm sorry, but no, it's not right for us. So, you know, that's how it was. But, uh, you know, it, it, like you say, it's sometimes a supporter, you, you, you know, you, you, I wouldn't say you believe what you hear, but you, you, you can only, you can only make judgment on what you hear, but sometimes yeah. what you hear is not necessarily the truth. Now, listen, your first full season, we challenged uh, Truro for the title. Yep. Yep. Um, a couple of big games during that season I want to talk about. Uh, Slough Town at home oh, yeah. when we won 6-2, which I think, and I've said it on other podcasts, was quite possibly the best wins of performance I think I've ever seen. I thought we were unreal that night. We were. Pitch was gorgeous as well. Yeah, it was. Um, pitch was gorgeous. Um, but... Yeah, look, we were we were fantastic, and I tell you who was brilliant that night was Coiny. Yeah, Coiny was on a different planet, and do you know what? He's he's the one. If I look at my Windsor management career, the one biggest disappointment I have is not being able to get him to see the light, really, right. because he was he was a fantastic footballer. He was so gifted. And that night, if I remember, he scored an absolute worldie. Yeah, he as did. Well. Um, in fact, it was the first goal. I think might have been the first goal. Yeah, but it was, was a worldie. Um, and he was just—he was unplayable. And do you know what? If there'd have been scouts, football league scouts in the ground, then that had gone away and said, "We've got to sign this boy." Um, and he and I, and I wanted him to stay at the club. And and he, and if he'd have stayed at the club, he'd have played a massive part in us winning the league. But. Coiny was at that age where, you know, I, I talk earlier about players, you know, who maybe aren't disciplined, don't have the commitment, etc. He had all the ability in the world, but he just didn't have what I wanted him to have for us to win the league. And 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 it 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 disappointed me because the boy had he had incredible ability. Yeah, he does. And but that night we were fantastic. That night we were unbelievable, unplayable. We were absolutely unplayable. Yeah. and I, I, and the the two slough goals. I mean, that flattered the scoreline, didn't it? They were like yeah. last yeah. ten minutes or something. But yeah, they were. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. It, it was a. It, I think that was a good night if you was a Windsor fan, wasn't it? Very much so. Very yeah. much. Yeah, it was. Alison, truer away. Yeah. Um, truer away. And yeah. let's. When I say truer away, I'm talking the first game. Yes. Um, we should never have been called off, but obviously. No. Um, called off and it's interesting actually is a lot of the players have said that that was arguably you know from a bond a team bonding perspective yeah. they all look back at that game with such fond memories yeah look it was good wasn't it because uh, you know we 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 were we were flying at the time as well um, and they beaten us 4-0 at home early on in the season and to be fair they'd done a job on us big time they did. Um, and uh, and I just felt going down there that for that game, we 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 was in we was as a football team, we was in the right place. Yeah. Um and you know, look, it, it, it I think it was a local referee who called the game off, wasn't it? Which it, which to me is a bit dodgy anyway. Um, but we had a good time. We travelled on a Friday. You know, we, Jim and I kept it as professional as we could. We said, "Look, we want to leave at this sort of time." And to be fair to the players, they, they got off. They got um, obviously they got off work. Um, we said, you know, no drinking. But listen, let's be. We, listen, the thing about it, Jim and I, we're not stupid. Listen, we've been there. We're not stupid. Um, but as a manager, you've got to do that. No drinking. Uh, we had a good journey down. We had an evening meal. Um, and then it's the old classic. Yeah, we're going to we're going to our room now, Gaffer. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That old chestnut. Um, and uh, and and then obviously on the way back, the game was called off, and they had a few beers on the way back. And I just said to him, "Don't be drinking and driving." Um, but it was it was a, it was a good time. And 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 to be fair, you know, the, the, there are moments when you look back and say, actually, they were that that was a, a positive out of a negative. Yeah. Because it brought everybody together. We we was we was together for you know whatever 24, 48 hours. And and you learn a little bit more about each other and, and they bond as a group, they bond as individuals, as, as twos and threes. So it was a good trip, and it was just disappointing that the game was called off. And how long did you stay up in reception for? Oh, listen, two o'clock, but but look, two, half two, whatever. Look, do you, do you know what? Look, it's like, do you know what's really funny? I, I've got I, I've got a boy. 22 23 actually now my youngest is 23 oh, that's crazy that's crazy as well i remember him being it a is. nipper i know i know 23 and 28 i've got them anyway but the one at 23 sometimes he tells me things and i just sit there thinking i've been there seriously <laughs> don't don't tell me don't try and spin me a yarn and of course you know we had the meal and the players um I didn't mind him having a if they wanted to have a beer, I didn't mind. I had no issues with that. You know, when I was when I was at Wick, Wick and Martin O'Neill, if the players wanted a beer, he let them have on a Friday night on away games. Um, so I wasn't going to say you couldn't drink um and what have you, but it was like one of those, oh, we're going to bed now, go, okay, good night, good night. But <laughs> listen, they weren't listen, they weren't not gonna it, they were not gonna give up the opportunity of being away on a Friday night, away some of them away from from wives, girlfriends, what have you. Um, you're in Truro, probably a nice boozer about, I don't know, two, three hundred yards down the road. When you get into the boozer, they probably said, where's the nearest nightclub? Oh, it's probably another 500 yards. They, listen, they're not going to give that opportunity up, but they would have known that I would have been sat in reception. So they obviously couldn't come back through reception. <laughs> you had to find other alternative <laughs> arrangements to try and get back in the hotel and, 
which is where drain pipes come in handy absolutely yeah and and the thing is as well get you've got bear in mind like i say jim and i've been there we're not stupid but it's when you see him the next morning you know you're <laughs> looking at him and you're thinking you've been out on the piss i know yeah <laughs> morning morning and it's like morning morning you know and they want to stay a bit away from you <laughs> on the breath but look 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 you know sometimes even though you've played professional football, you have to put it into perspective. Um, but what I would say to them is, what I would say about them is I trusted them. Yeah. So, you know, they wouldn't have done, they wouldn't have got absolutely legless and they wouldn't. And I know that when it came to Saturday, when the whistle they'd went, be on it. they'd be on it. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you, you've got to, if you trust the players and we had good characters, by the way, we had good characters there. We did. So they'd have self-policed as well to a certain extent. You know, you just got to let them, sometimes you just got to let them, you know, not all the time, you just got to let them do what they want to do. And uh, and obviously if we'd have, if we would have played Saturday and we'd have played, we'd have lost the game and been poor, then obviously they'd have got it. But <laughs> there we go. Now, I also promised you a right of reply to Fagues' uh, pinstripe suit. Ah, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, yeah. And was it Butts who said it was awful suit as well? I can't believe that. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I even managed to what? dig a photo out. Did you on Twitter? Yeah, Blimey, heck. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Look, I, I was always as a manager. I always believed that I was never a tracksuit manager. I was always a, a suit or shirt and tie manager, whatever. Um, so it was just for me. It was just you know Saturday was you 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 going to work, aren't you? I was going to work and it just happened. I went to work in a pinstripe suit, um, which they didn't like. But look, it's, it's, it is what it is. It, I quite liked it, actually, to be fair. <laughs> I did like it. I thought it looked quite smart. Um, obviously, they didn't. But, but then you've got to remember, I'm, I'm, I was probably in my 40s. Um, they're all 21, 22. They probably looked at me and they probably looked, look at that old son. So look at that old bloke there. <laughs> but, but yeah. It's uh, but it was funny. It, well, I must. It was funny, you know. Obviously not at the time, but but it was funny. But you know, Andrew was a character. Um, you know, and and you know, you've got to have characters in your team and 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 what have I you, see. and you know, and and he, you know, he was he was a good lad, Andrew. Um, great thinker of the game, um, and what have you, and uh, and uh, but to get my own back on him, when I was at Leighton. Right, Leighton Town, and I took over, and they said, "Oh, look, we've got this fullback called Andrew Fagan, fantastic fullback." Anyway, I watched him play, and he was—he was—he was an up and down fullback. Yeah, I'm going back yeah. there. Anyway, but what Andrew had an opinion, <laughs> um, um, which I didn't mind, to be fair, because obviously, you know, when I was a young player, I had an opinion, but he had an opinion, and I remember I'd only been there a few weeks, and he came up to me and he went, "Mr. Manager." I just want you to know I'm the best fullback in the league. Okay, fair enough. He was, by the way. Um, I went, okay, th thanks for telling me. Um, and then when we was during the games, at the end of the games, there'd be me and the assistant would talk. Andrew was always the one who would come back at you, chirp back at you and all of that. Right. And um, anyway, one weekend, I just said, Andrew, seriously, enough now. Okay, just let it go enough. And he was still going on and all of that. And then the following game, I didn't play him. <laughs> I left him on the bench. And uh, and I got a phone call from him. 
and he went, hello, Mr. Manager, how are you? I said, I'm very well, Andrew, how are you? And he said, yeah. He said, can we talk? I said, of course we can. He said, why did you drop me? I said, I didn't drop you. He said, well, why didn't I play then? I said, I was arresting you. And he said, well, I think you dropped me. And I said, no, I was arresting you. I was just giving you time to think, you know. I said, listen, but whilst you're on the phone, I said, look, do me a favour. I said, if you want to talk about the game, come and talk to me afterwards when nobody's about. But when I'm in the changing room and I'm going through it, I don't want you coming back at me. I said, because I'm the manager and you must remember in football, the manager always win. Okay. I said, so I didn't drop you. I arrested you, but don't worry. You'll be playing Saturday. And uh, hopefully we won't have to have this conversation again. And to be fair to him, after that, he was as good as gold. But true to Andrew, if he wanted to talk to me, he used to come and find me, Mr. Manager, come and have a chat. And that's what he was like. But but look, you've got to have those people in your team. He had huge respect for you. He had huge respect for you. Yeah. And he, and he, he, I liked, I listen, I liked all the players to be fair, but I don't mind, you know, Bruce was the same. Bruce, Bruce had an opinion. Um, I don't mind players having that because ultimately, you know, as a manager, you, you, you profess to know everything, but sometimes you don't, you know, and, and, and if I look at, if I look at Windsor, two things happened. One, I made a mistake was when we played the playoffs against Didcot. Yeah. Bought, I bought butts. Um, I bought Coops back in. And because the game before that, Coops had been injured. I, I played Andrew at centre half with, with butts and I played Gary Cahill at fullback. And to be fair, it worked well. But for some reason, look, my heart ruled my head and I put, I put, but, um, I put Coops back in. And they had the uh, they had the, the black centre forward, didn't they? Who um, did? Yeah, contribute. I can't think what his name is, but yes. Yeah. And he destroyed us that night. And really, that was that was that was a bad managerial decision. If I'd have played Fagan Andrew there at centre half, I think we'd have won the game because I think Fags would have dealt with him. Mm. Dealt with him. And then we played Farber in the FA Cup. Uh, we lost one 0 at home, and then they had the little striker. Um, and I was going to put somebody else on him man to man and 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 Bruce rang me and said Gaffer look I want to do it I want you sure and he went yeah and I said okay you do it and 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 he marked him out the game so sometimes as a manager you know you've got to you've got to listen to players mm. because actually sometimes if you listen to them you find out more about them obviously but sometimes you know some of the things they say can make sense and and actually you know it doesn't do any harm. So I was a manager who would always listen to players, but obviously they had to do it in the right way. Um, but, you know, ultimately I'd have the, I'd have the final say, but I was prepared to lose it. And, and Andrew was one of those characters. He was a great lad. He really was a good footballer, by the way. He was mm. a good oh, very much so. Very much yeah. so. Now, listen, you mentioned Didcot there. Um, mm. Obviously we finished runners-up in the end to Truro, Didcot in the playoffs. Yeah. How difficult was that as a manager? Um, well, I guess like when you're managing that second place team that's just missed out on the title, and then you've got to try and lift your team to go again in, in yeah. the playoffs, and you're playing the team that arguably have just got into the playoffs, so they're on a massive yeah. high. Yeah, it is difficult. It, it, it's because you, like you say, you're trying to motivate them, and, and you know if you look at the season, um, we put all the efforts into getting promoted. And in the end, we fell short. I think I think it was eleven points in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, we fell short. Um, so I, I think the players. If I'm being honest with you, I think the players had 
had run out of gar- gas. I don't, and I don't mean that derogatory to them. Mm. I just think they put everything into winning the league. Yeah, and it's all of a sudden you lose, you don't win it, and it's. <sighs> but then you've got to pick yourself up and go again, and and it's it's very difficult to do that. And then you bring, you, then you've got a team like you say who have snuck into the playoffs, and to them, you know, they're the ones who are on the upward curve. So it was difficult. It was difficult for to motivate them. Um, it was difficult to get motivated yourself, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, and then on that, that's interesting. Of- that's interesting you say that actually because yeah. you always think about the play the players in that situation. But actually, yeah, yeah. From you, you and Jim from a management team, yeah, you motivate yourselves. Yeah, because look, the manager's job is to motivate the players, but who motivates the manager? You know exactly. And, and it was it was difficult because you put all your efforts into it, you know, and you fall short, and then you got to go again. Really, when the, you, if I'm being honest, you don't want to. You know, mm. you, you ask a lot of teams in the playoffs who finish, you know, maybe third. You know, it's another opportunity. Don't get me wrong; you get another bite of the cherry, but you'd rather finish second or with a team that have finished fifth and just snuck in. You know, if you go and we'd gone toe to toe as well with Truro, probably up until about five, six games to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think we'd gone to Abingdon, hadn't we, midweek and lost 2 0, and that effectively killed us. Um, and and what have you. So it, it was it was it was hard, and like I say, a combination of that, and I made it, I made I made it the wrong choice in terms of personnel that night, and uh and and they came and, and like I said, the striker killed us and uh they beat us two nine and ironically they went on and won it, didn't they? They got promoted. Now we did win the Barks and Bucks though that year. Yes, we did. Great achievement. Yeah, yeah it was. That that was a one-nil murder, wasn't it? Really, to be fair against Yeah, Mark. yeah, yeah. Um, but but if you look at the game, you know, you look at that game and um we won one nil, which was like literally a one-nil murder, but we just couldn't score. You know, yeah. and then Jake who scored the header, wasn't it? Um, and um, you know, and it was one of those where you I was watching it, I'm thinking, are they gonna break away and just nick a goal here? Um, but fortunately we won it. And 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 it was it was nice because in actual fact, if we'd have come away winning nothing, mm. it would have been a a great season from where we were the following the season before, but it would have been a disappointing season because, you know, you had the opportunity to, to win two things. You won none of them. So, you know, finishing runners up and winning the Barks and Bucks um, was, was a good thing. And, uh, but maybe we just wasn't ready that year to win the league. What I felt was impressive at the end of that season, though, was despite that heartbreak of the playoffs, everyone seemed to come back that pre-season with real drive and purpose. Yeah, but what yeah. was your message to the lads pre-season? Was it you know like we're good and we're good enough? Let's go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was basically look, we're going to win the league. You know, at the end of the day, you've hit the post last year. You, you felt the pain of runners up. It's not great. You don't want to get in the playoff scenario. You don't. You want to avoid that, like like the plague. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we you know we 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 we've got a squad of players that were a year older as well. Because you've got to remember as well when I took them I took them over. A lot of those players were young players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so there was a year, another two years from taking over, another two years of experience. You know, they, they, they'd felt the highs and the lows. So that they, they, you know, they knew how to manage them. 
Um, but it was all about, listen, our only objective is we're going to win the league. That's it. Nothing else matters apart from winning the league. And the focus from day one of pre-season was winning the league. And that's what it was. And there's testament as well that those players, I mean, I, I, that squad was such a special squad of players, but those players always seemed to kind of agree to come back. There was no like, I don't know, people holding out for better deals. It seemed like everyone straight away was like, yep, yeah, you know, you've, yeah. I'm committed to next season. You know, people like Chens would sign a new contract within days of the previous season finishing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I remember Joe Chandran. I got Joe Chandran in. Joe was on £70 a week, you know, and, and, and if you, you know, £70 a week, the, the boy ran all day, mm. you know, turned up for training every week, was always there on a Saturday, completely professional, you know, about what he did. I remember, I remember him, I said, Joe, you come down, you'd go and I want to sign you again. Yeah, I said, okay, Scott, yeah, that's what I'm going to sign. I said, I'll give you £70 a week. Is that all right? He went, I'm not bothered about money. That's what he said. He said, Scott, I don't play for money. I play because I want, I want to play. You know, so we had players like that. Um, I remember Jake Parsons. Jake Parsons, Jake was a young lad, 21, 22. And, and I remember him, he said to Jim, actually, he said, I think I want to leave because I don't think Scotty rates me. And Jim said, what, what makes you think that? He said, well, he doesn't play me. <laughs> so Jim said, don't talk to him. So he came and spoke to me. And I remember down the ground on a Saturday, and I spoke, obviously Ryan had signed yeah. and, um, and what have you. And, and he came in and, and he said, I'm not sure I want to be here. I think I might, I might leave. I said, why do you want to leave? He said, well, I don't think you rate me. I said, who told you that? I said, I do rate you. I said, but you're not, you're not consistent. I play, I play Martin Williams because he's consistent. I said, but here's my, here's what I'm going to say to you is you're going to be my number one winger next, next season, this season coming. I said, but, I can't have you play two good games and three average games. You've got to play five good games. You've got to get consistency into your game. I said, if you get the consistency into your game, you'll play every week. I said, so I'll give you the opportunity. It's up to you to take it. I said, I do, I do rate you. I like you as a lad. I want you to be a part of it, but you've got to have consistency. You know, so we had a lot of players like that who mm. that year actually, you know, started to hit that consistency level. Yeah. Um, but I'd had them for near enough one and a half seasons where they had to grow up a little bit as well, you know, mature mentally, physically, um, you know, so the disappointment for me when it all went wrong was those players, when we got promoted to the Southern Premier League, that that would have probably been, those two or three years after that would have probably been, they'd have been at their peaks of their powers. And I think we'd have kicked on again, I really do. I'll come on to that bit in a sec. I'll come on to that bit. Now, on that in that promotion winning season, we didn't lose till March. Did no, you think? Did you think we could actually go unbeaten? I did. Um, Thirty-two games we went, didn't we, unbeaten? And then we went to Bridgewater and got beat two-one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then obviously we we lost one nil to Sirencester, I think. But Bully got injured, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And what have you? Um, but no, I believe we, I, I, I truly believe we could go and beat in all season. I really did. Because I thought we were good enough to do it. Um, it's just, you know, you look at the Bridgewater game. I, th You know, we, we lost 2-1. They got two quick goals. And I think after that, we battered them. Absolutely bad. We just, but it was one of, you know, one of those things. Sometimes with, with, with situations like that, um, you got to have a bit of luck. And mm. uh, 
you know, we didn't. I remember because um, we lost three games that year. We lost to Siren System, we lost to Bridgewater, and then we lost to, as another was it another team beginning with B? I think uh, we lost two 0 or two one away, and, and again we just couldn't score. And so, but yeah, I I I, I truly believe we could have gone up the whole season, but it wasn't to be. But that wasn't the prime goal. The prime goal was to win the league, and uh, and uh, obviously we did, which which was the most important thing. Now, during that season was when some of the financial challenges started to started to bite. And I remember, I don't know, some of the players had to go through periods where they weren't getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. Now, as a manager, and you're in a title race, I remember it was us and Totten, there was yeah. literally neck and neck. How hard was that when you're, obviously, it's hard enough trying to keep, you know, maintain that, fight when you're up against another opposition but when you've also got those kind of financial pressures starting to hit at the same time well look it's difficult obviously and um it was the the season finished in april didn't it sort of towards the end of april i think it was um so come i think it would have been december time the chairman basically said to me i wouldn't say he told me he was having money trouble he just said look from a from a wages perspective, you know there was challenges. Okay, yeah. um, so Jim and I was on contracts. So I so Jim and I both said, "I will tell you what to do." Then, you know, don't pay us and pay us at the end of the season. So from December till the end of the season, we didn't get paid. That was Jim and I. Yeah. We forfeited that because at the end of the day, we were both in it to, to be successful. The money was yeah, nice. Totally. It wasn't, listen, the money didn't change my life. Yeah. Um, so that's what we said. And in fairness, Angie did the same as well. Angie, the physio, she did the okay. same. So the three of us never got paid. And then and then what he what he said to me was, um, there was, I can't remember, there was two months where he said, I can do half wages and then I'll be all right for the rest of the season. And then what I'll do is I'll make up I think it was, it might have been as far as say January, February, half wages. Yeah. Um, and then he'll make it, he'll make it up. So I went to the players, told them the situation. They knew Jim and I weren't getting paid. We told them the truth. Angie the same. They said, okay, look, we'll, we'll go for that. So I think it was, say it was January, February, they got half their wages. When it came to March, he was supposed to have paid everything. But he, he, he didn't, he didn't, he, the club didn't square up with all the players. So then now bear in mind, you know, you've got butts, bear in mind, um, Coops runs his own business. So mm. he's not he's not a fool. Butts ain't a fool. We had players there who weren't stupid, you know. And it and it, it culminated in on a Saturday, we got all the players down, we all got in a room and we had a chat about it. And and the players said to me, Scotty, do you think he will pay? The club, sorry, the club will pay. I said, the honest answer is, I do not know. That's the truth. Yeah. I said, I don't even know if Jim and I will get paid at the end of the season or end. We don't, I don't know. Um, I said, so here's the thing. I said, you lot make the decision. I said, because you're the players. I said, but whatever you choose, I'll back you 100%. I said, so your choices are this. You either carry on playing or you decide you cut and run. 
and you go and play somewhere else. I said, and you'll get clubs, blah, blah, blah. I said, Jim and I will go out there, go out, have a chat and come back and, and, and tell us what you want to do. So Jim and I went out of the room, 20 minutes later, we went back in um, and they said, right, we're going to carry on, we're going to play. We want to win the league. And that's what the player said, we want to win the league. I said, right. I said, okay, that's fine. That's not a problem. We don't talk about money ever again. We don't talk about it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We get on with it. We go and play football. We win the league. That's the end of it. And to be to be fair to them, to their credit, they never mentioned it ever again. And that was it. And of course, we went on and won the league. And then obviously at the end of the season, I get the sack and, you know, the players they don't get their money. Before we talk about the sack, VTFC final game. Yeah. What was it like? It was, it's really weird actually, because I, I was quite nervous. Um, because I was Monday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Because Michael Channels was injured. Yeah. Bully was injured. Yeah. The lights went out at half time. Yeah, and I'm sat in, I'm thinking, this just ain't meant to be, is it? Um, and then we get the goal and, I don't want to say we scrambled over the line because in fairness, if you look at the last six or seven games, I think we must have won five of them about one nil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I knew, you know, you've got, you've got Butts, you've got Fags, you've got Parso, you know, Gary Kelly, you've got, you've got, you know, the back line's great. Bully's fantastic. Um, so I didn't have any, I didn't, I wasn't worried that we, we couldn't win one nil. But when you're, you know that if you win, you win the league it becomes a little bit nerve wracking and, and obviously, but it, but look, it was great because my objective, when I took over that club, my objective was to get promotion. My objective was to take them into the conference South. That's what I believe they could do. We built a team that got promoted. And then all of a sudden my mindset is I'm thinking about right Southern Prem. What do I need to change? Do I need, and I looked at it and I, you know, might've been a couple of players I needed to move on. Um, for, from an age point of view and what have you but I didn't really need to change a lot really maybe bring a couple in um, that we'd earmarked maybe so so my thinking and Jim's thinking was right let's have a good summer let's come back pre-season work them harder physically they're going to be a year older physically mentally a lot stronger we kick on again and I think I think we challenged top five Southern Prem because um, you bear in mind, we played Farnborough in the FA Cup. They beat us one nil, and they they, yeah. they 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 were flying. Yeah. They were top side, and yeah. that was probably I bet that was one of their toughest games. We'd done a number on them. We'd we'd highlighted them. We knew what their strengths were. We'd done a number on them. You know, don't forget we had we had players sent off as well. You know, so for me, you measure yourself against the top teams in that league. And I looked at Farm and said, right, if that's the top team. Don't get me wrong, it's going to be difficult. We've got to be fitter, stronger, but I believe we could do it. So one, it was a great night, but my immediate thought turned to the following season as well, the next season. Talk us through how it then just suddenly all unraveled. <laughs> how did it? I was at home. I got a letter through the post. I opened the letter and it was basically, I, my, my, obviously I, I'd been, whatever, sacked terminated my contract whatever which was irony because I hadn't been paid so I rang Jim up I said have you received a letter he went yeah I went it's unbelievable so I basically rang 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 Peter 
we arranged to meet him down the ground, Jim and I. And he just said, look, I, I want to move in a different direction. I can't afford, you know, um, well, not can't afford, the club can't afford, sorry, um, to pay that wage bill. I said, so what, what do you want to pay then? He went, 1,500 quid. I said, it's not a problem. The players will all sign for that. I'll, I'll, it won't be an issue. I think Enjoy that's the it. thing that, you know, I, 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 I know we've spoken and spoken to a lot of people doing the book. And, you know, this is stuff obviously supports don't hear. Um you know, but as you say, you put a proposal together mm-hmm. for a budget of 1,500 quid. Yeah, because I knew, I knew that, I, I didn't know the letter was coming, but I knew I wasn't going to be there that season. I knew that. And I, how I knew was when we had the players end of season due, yeah. um, I know John Dreyer very well. I was, I was at Stoke with John Dreyer. He was and, made maintenance manager, wasn't he? Was he made yeah, manager? Well, he was, he was there. I think he was on the coaching team. Yeah. He, but anyway, he rang me that night and he said, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? He said, he said, have you, are you, you still at Windsor? I went, yeah. I said, why? And he said, well, I've heard you getting replaced. And then he, he then transpired to go and tell me how he knew who was coming in. Da, 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 da. So I knew anyway. I told Jim um, and what have you. And, and, Basically, when when the chairman, when we got the letters from the club and what have you, we went to meet him. We'd already done our homework and we'd already knew we'd spoke spoke to some of the players and and we'd, we'd already put the pub. We, we knew the proposal was there and the players would have signed uh, because to because be, money wasn't there. Money wasn't their driver. That and and the whole thing with all of this, with what supporters said and heard, etc., was the players' money wasn't their driver. Absolutely. Winning was their driver. Winning was their driver. Yeah. You know, but for whatever reason, well, we know that we know obviously whatever, but um it there were the things we couldn't control. It doesn't matter if look, if I'd have said all the players will play for nothing, it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's the decision had been made for whatever reason. Um look, in fairness, in fairness to the chairman, he in fairness, he probably had enough of me because obviously when when players weren't getting paid, I, you know, I was on the phone to him all the time. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You know, and in fairness to him, you know, if you if you take the time he'd been chairman of that football club, he ploughed a lot of money into the football club of his own, his own money. Very much so. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I didn't like what he did and I, and I didn't like the way he did it, and he probably, you know, didn't like the way that I was on his case all the time when money wasn't being paid. You've still got to think about it. He ploughed a lot of going to that football club. Mm. And, you know, so maybe maybe I was the wrong person at the wrong time. Uh, maybe he just had enough of the whole thing. And maybe he thought, you know what? I'm not getting the gratitude maybe I, 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 I deserve. That's it, you know. And, and he, he got, he, he went down the road where he, you know, and I don't mean this derogatory, he probably couldn't control me. And I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way. Mm. But, you know, for me, you tell me you're going to do that, you've got to do it. If you don't do it, we, we're going to, you know, we've got, we've got to have a problem. Maybe, maybe he found, a, you know, a, a pathway that he could control, you know, and maybe that's what he wanted to do. I don't know. But it, it was, it was, you know, it was the disappointing thing for me about all of it was, I believe we could have won the league that year. 
the following year. I believe that. I and, agree. I mean, you think that following year, um, you know, we were fifth or sixth in the Premier Division when we obviously ultimately folded. Yeah. But, and that was a good squad that was put together. But you think the momentum we would have had with the squad that we had and how good and special yeah. that squad was, yeah. you know, we, I, I, we, we, yeah. we were a better squad than the squad the following season. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, you, uh, you know, key players went, didn't they, and what have you? I think Butts retired. Um, Andrew went, Bruce went. Butts would have stayed. He'd have stayed, guaranteed. He'd have stayed for another year. Um, he probably reckons he wouldn't have done, but we'd have rolled him out. He'd have been. Yeah. I just said, listen, just train on on a Thursday, mate. You'd be fine. You'd be okay. How far yeah. do you think that squad could have gone? I think we could have yeah. got Conference South. I do. I genuinely believe we could have got yeah. Conference South. And then you, you've then got to you've got to look at it because you know two and a half thousand pounds a week in the conference south doesn't really touch the sides, you know. Mm. Um, but I definitely believe we could have had back to back promotions. Um, but you see, it's like anything. What you do then as a manager, you're then thinking about right, okay. If we win the league this year, we get promotion. We know we've got to replace Butts. Not because he isn't good enough, it's because he's another year older. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So you've got to replace him. You know, you might look in other areas. You might think, oh, right, I've got to replace that player. Right, we've got Michael Channels who scores goals, but actually we need another goal for it. Um, you know, you know who. Can, so, so you're looking around. You'd be looking at that sort of thing, mm. and then you'd be thinking, right, well, if I'm on two and a half grand a week now, maybe I'll get an extra five hundred quid. I've got to try and bring in maybe another three players, four players. So, you know, you, you might then look at it and think, right, we're Conference South. You go to Wickham. Have you got any young players who want to play? You haven't, you know, you, you look at the professional clubs around you, go to Reading, you know, things like that. Can we bring some? So you'd have planned, you'd have been planning all the way through the season for the eventuality if it happened. Yeah. Um, so you wouldn't have needed... You know, you wouldn't have been needing a lot of money, but what you'd have done is you, you, you'd, you'd have wanted a bit more, um, yeah. but you'd have looked at, you know, Wickham, Reading. You'd have looked at those clubs and said, right, look at their youth systems. You know, we've got young players that, that need game time. Yeah. Coming into an environment where it's playing football, the pitch is amazing. All of a sudden, you know, managers there would have said, actually, you know, let's send an 18-year-old there, give them good grounding. They're going to be playing and they're going, to, they're going to be playing at a good level and, they, you know, and they're in a good environment. So we'd, we'd have been okay. We'd have been okay. Um, but I think we'd have definitely got Conference South and then we'd have had to look at it and been realistic and say, right, let's look for consolidation and then see where we are the year after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you think made that squad so special? Um, I, I just think that the players really, um, you know, the squad I took over at a nucleus of, of good players, good athletes, young players, you know, and, and in fairness to Simon Lane as well, look, he, you know, he, he, he built a good squad. Um, it's interesting that people say he was a good coach and I'm not disputing that at all, but maybe, I don't know, maybe just, I don't know, maybe he just couldn't get that message across to get the best out of them, you know? Um, so, but, they, but the biggest thing for me was they all wanted to win. Money wasn't their driver. It wasn't their driver, you know, and, and, and but that wasn't my driver. It wasn't Jim's driver. You know, it, it was all about, we want, we, you know, you, if you, in football, you can have all the money in the world, but at the end of it, end of your career, 
if you've got nothing that you've won, no achievement, yeah. the money's great. But, you know, I, I look at whatever, well, how many years I played, you know, the Wickham, what we won at Wickham, you know, brought, you know, I was in the squad that got them into the football league. People can't take that away from you. They can't take it away from you. You know, winning the FA Trophy, winning a championship, you know, those players at Windsor and Eton who won the title, won the Barks and Bucks Cup, they can't take that away from you. Yeah, you know, totally. You know, so you can have all the money in the world, but money buys a lot of things. But it, for me, it doesn't buy it doesn't buy things like that. It can't buy things like that. They're they're, they're priceless. Um, but but the players, their money wasn't driver. It wasn't a driver. It was it, they wanted to win. They wanted to win. That's what they they were. That's what drove them. And they all got on together. They they all liked each other. They were a good group. I'd got rid of you know one or two players that I thought would upset the apple cart. A couple had gone that I didn't want to go, but they did. Um, and and I'd, I'd got a squad together that I, I felt would get better and better and better. Right. I'm now going to ask uh, you some quick fire questions, which uh, they're quick fire. And as I say to everyone, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be easy. Okay. So, Best player that you played with when you're at Windsor? Wow. As a player, mm -hmm. I would have said probably Dave Cowell, Jason Cousins, or, or Holsey. Yeah. Okay. That's what I play. Yeah. Best player you played with in your career? Johnny Moncur. Oh, Swindon. Good player. Yeah. Um, because from a striker's point of view, is when you when you get the ball as a striker, you want options. He was a player, always gave you an option, always gave you an option. So from a striking perspective, as a midfielder, him, as a partner, as a striking yeah. partner, Jan Agafiotov. Yeah, of course, good player. He was different class, that boy. Six foot four, built like a, you know, barn door, couldn't play the target man role for love and the money. <laughs> but honestly, he couldn't. It wasn't his game, really. Um, but as, as a... He knew he knew where the ball was going to drop. He had an un, unbelievable technical ability, which I didn't have. Yeah, I mean, he had that. He knew where the ball was going to, and we we gelled. We gelled on the pitch, you know. And and what he was is look, people talk about strikers being selfish, and he was selfish. And I don't mean that in a derogatory form, a derogatory term, sorry. But if he was in a better position than him, he'd pass. Yeah. So he had great awareness as well. But but yeah, as a striker, him he was fantastic. Best goal you scored in your career? Two. Wickham, we played, I think it was Bath City at home. The year we finished runners-up, actually, in the conference to, to yeah. Colchester. I just, we, we couldn't score, couldn't score, and I was getting really frustrated. And then, unusual for me, I was on the edge <laughs> of the box. The ball came out, and from about 20 yards, I volleyed it in the top corner. We won 1-0, so that one. And then I was at Reading, and we played Bradford City, who were then in the Premier League. We played yeah. in the second leg of the League Cup. And the ball came to me on the halfway line and uh, I dummied it, obviously sprinted on. Uh, defender came across, barged him out of the way. I was on the corner of the edge of the 18-yard box. Another one came in, dropped his shoulder, went one way and bent it in the bottom corner. So they were the two. Love it. Oh. Love it. Toughest defender you played against? Jerry Taggart, Ken Moncow. Strong as oxes. 
Ken Monkow, he couldn't move. My game was all about, I used to... Was he at Southampton then or Chelsea? Yes, no, Southampton. Yeah. Um, I always used to, as a striker, I always used to try and use... Um, Elbows? Strength. strength. So I, I try and, <laughs> yeah, I try and push the centre-half back. And if I could do that, that's what I'd do all game. You couldn't move him. You couldn't move Joey Taggart. Once they planted themselves, that was it. They weren't moving. So, so then too, from a point of view that they were the, 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 the strongest centre-halves and probably the toughest two I've played against. Okay, final question. Was there ever a team you faced who, at, you, at the start of the season, you'd look at a fixture list and you'd be like, oh, I love playing them. I know I'm going to score. They're like your lucky, the lucky team. And then on the flip side, was there a side that no matter how well you might be playing, there'd be one team you'd go against and you just always had a stinker. You hated playing them. Um, I would probably slay, say Slough because I always scored against Slough, even in, you yeah. know, for Wickham, always scored against Slough. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. Um, I didn't like playing at Millwall. I didn't like playing at Gillingham. I just thought Millwall, the new den was a horrible place to go. Supporters were horrible. <laughs> horrible. Um, and I apologise for the Millwall fans now, but bear in mind I'm going back 25 years. Um, and Gillingham, I just, I just thought it was a horrible place, wasn't it? Gillingham, not even a nice place. And I used to hate going there. So they were the two. Love it, Keith. Listen, thank you so much. Pleasure. Really appreciate the honesty, the openness. You know, and for me, it's important that the great work that you and Jim did at Windsor shouldn't be forgotten. So thank, thank you. you. Listen, my pleasure, mate. Anytime. And to all of you who've downloaded, thank you. And I'll be in touch with another guest in the next couple of weeks.